this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Hello, my name is Josh Roach, and joining me this week is the man who needs no introduction. All right, so in stories this week. Yeah, what's happening? In the news. Couple things. Uh, are, you a, are you a subscriber to the, the HasLab, or Star Wars uh, HasLab? You heard about it? No, I have not. All right. Yeah, let's get that plug. <laughs> right? Hasbro, not yet a sponsor. <laughs> you can see my screen, right? Yeah, I can. All right. So designed by HasLab. So what this is, is a, um, a group funding, a crowdfunded um, like toy. Um, so, you know, with a lot of like the, the bigger uh, vehicles and stuff in recent years, what's happened is... Uh, Hasbro has put out, like, for instance, a Black Series, which is a six-inch scale um, TIE Fighter. Pretty large, you know, toy when it's uh, for a six-inch scale um, action figures. And essentially what happened is, you know, they made the regular amount that you would for most things. I don't know these numbers. I don't know exactly how much it started going for. Um, But a couple people have reported that basically it was overproduced for the market and it ended up like going on clearance and people were picking them up for like $15 and it okay, should have the, been the black tie fighter, the black series uh, tie okay. fighter. Yeah. Black series is just their six inch scale line. Okay. Oh, I see. I see. Um, so they basically scrapped most other things because they weren't making the return that they wanted to. Um, so they started doing this thing called, uh, HasLab. And one of the things they did a few years ago, um, let me try and pull it up. Star Wars HasLab. Jabba Sail Barge. So for a skit, a six inch scale. Yeah, that would be huge. Yeah. Pretty big. Yeah. They did the sail barge. Um, I forget how much they went for. I want to say like it was like seven or eight hundred dollars. Oh, jeez! But as you can see, it, it, I mean, it was extremely detailed. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to point out there's a fair amount of detail. Does it include all of the characters who were there? I... Looks like there's at least a handful of extras. People whose name I don't know. Let's see. Open image, a new tab. I mean, it's like everybody who was on the sail barge, all the. Nefarious like lot. There's like a Jawa and a, a who else? Well, you got some uh, Weequay in there. Couple of Gamorians. Saba Java Sail Barge, and then later they did a skiff as well to go with it. It might come with all that stuff. Unboxing. Uh, let's see how much it actually came with. 20 minutes of unboxing. Let's see. The babbling booby. 
Okay. Everyone subscribe to the Babbling Booby on YouTube. It comes with chains? <laughs> a skeleton? What? An Athorian? An Athorian? Like a skeletal remains of an Athorian? Why would Jabba keep that on the barge? Well, oh, I he's mean, in a prison. He's in a prison cell. Oh, he's you got jailed. some uh, seven whoopies. Whoop. Some, some snacks, yeah. Some dead little creatures for Jabba or anyone to eat, I guess. Yeah, so um, this was like the first thing they did for... Uh, got some vibro axes on the wall. Yeah, you got even that like weird art uh, piece that is like, oh, you got like a rancor, bronze rancor. But yeah, this like weird art piece oh, come on. with like it Jabba himself surrounded by some like Twi'leks and stuff. Um, you can actually... <laughs> That you can see that in Return of the Jedi, hanging up in there in a couple shots. Um, you can also buy that at Galaxy's Edge now. That's the kind of stuff. Oh man! <laughs> in Galaxy I, stuff, you can buy at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I guess I never noticed it. Um, but yeah, so the next thing, so how it works is they needed like okay, their target. They needed six thousand backers in order to go ahead with this. So is this? Are, so this is Hasbro. This is Hasbro. It's the Hasbro Pulse HasLab, they call it. Okay, but it's like crowdfunding, so do they, they don't make the toys if they don't get the backers, or how does that right. work? Yeah, if they don't get all the backers, then they just don't make it because they, they figure there's not enough. Um, it's not worth their time, essentially. They're not going to make the profit margin that they want to, and it would just it'd be like the same thing as like uh, the TIE fighters ending up sitting on the shelves. Gotcha. So, do only backers have access to it then? Right. Yes. I mean, you can get it. You can get it at like aftermarket, like secondary markets. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if we go to buy a couple of them and put them on eBay or something. Let's see. Um, Has Lab sale barge. Yeah, they're going. It's going for eighteen hundred dollars. Twelve hundred two. Three thousand dollars. Three thousand. dollars. That one has a sarlacc. With diorama, custom painted pit of carcoon. Yeah. So, I mean, that might actually be a smart investment to get in on the ground floor of this uh, Razor Crest. Yeah. So they needed. So it's going for three hundred and fifty dollars. That I include shipping if you live in the U.S. I believe. Um. They needed 6,000 backers. They had like 40 days to do it. And within 24 hours, they had over 8,000 backers. Wow. So definitely demand for this thing. Um, but it, I mean, it looks extremely detailed as well. Yeah. And then that one, is it a prototype? Did they Surely they plan to paint it. It's just all gray right now. Yeah, this is just the prototype um, okay. version of it. So do those guns, like, can you take them out of that armory and, like, play with them? Or uh, I would, Are those I just would, for decorations? I would guess with something like this, yeah. they probably all come apart. Probably all comes out. It looks like the whole ship comes apart, so you can break it down like the Jawas did if you really want to. <laughs> Interesting. Get you a little, uh, oh, man, what's the Christmas pig's name? Uh, Christmas pig. Yeah, from the Mandalorian. Looks like it comes with a Mandalorian figure as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It looks like they're all on pegs. Peg, peg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Peg, peg, I didn't peg. notice that the first One, time. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. At least twelve guns. A few thermal detonators. A few thermal detonators, yeah. Man. Wow. Yeah, Star Wars Vintage Collection Razor Crest Vehicle. Uh, 3.75-inch Mandalorian figure and Beskar armor. Oh, it's for the 3.75-inch. That makes... I think the, the other one was, too. Yeah, because 6-scale-inch would be probably incredibly massive. Yeah, it'd be twice as big, almost. Yeah, that would yeah. be pretty huge. Oops. Yeah, they got a video showing us the Razor Crest from HasLab. So are you getting one, Tim Q? Or are you getting two? <laughs> Three. I might just buy one. Man. Be cool to, I mean, be cool to have for uh, for the man cave. One of the largest yeah. vintages ever. 30 inches long. 20 wide. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely get one, man. We'll both get one. Here, here's what we do. I'll buy one for you. You buy one for me. Then they're gifts. And our wives can't demand that we give them back or take it back or return it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's That would be just bad form. Found a, found a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was thinking of the turn from Seinfeld. That's probably not PC anymore. I was like, do I really want to say that? <laughs> Anyway, oh, I now I'm just racking my brain to determine which term from Seinfeld that you're trying to reference. You give something to somebody and then ask for it back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that could be. Could be anything. Um, no. How how's your week been in Star Wars, Tim Q? Oh boy, I've just been busy. Uh, we just moved across the country, so we're trying to get settled into new jobs and unpacking things. And yeah, I haven't done much uh, by way of Star Wars. Back in the mitten now, back in Michigan, back home where you belong. Yeah, yeah, back in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Yeah, hopefully that means more content on the way for the podcast. Um, yeah, we can. Uh, we were just talking about our failed attempt at the Star Wars Holiday Special last year. Right. <laughs> it was, we did not get very far, maybe 15, 20 minutes in, but uh, no, it's, uh, it will be published this year. The, the successful to be recorded uh, as of this uh, current podcast as of yeah. right now. Yeah. As of now, what is, what is today? October, October the 6th. Yeah. Come hell or high water. Um, come Mustafar and rolling lava. We will we'll record that podcast and uh, hopefully release it to you. We recorded the last podcast. We just didn't release it. Most of it was inaudible <laughs> and uh, indistinguishable garbles. Runkin screams and growls. And... It, it was less coherent than the first 15 minutes of the Star Wars <laughs> Holiday Special, which is purely Wookiees growling it's a at each other. Wook. Yeah, it's all Shriwook with no subtitles. Yeah. It's just <laughs> imagine if you will a, a few people doing their best to <laughs> mimic the 
a shriwuk in which they themselves don't even know what's being said or what's going on. And uh, just the chaos of just <laughs> several Shriwookian screeches being oh, rambled man. and repeated in an echo chamber. <laughs> this is something this is something you might know, but was it George Lucas or like who thought that that segment was a good idea? So it's like I, a variety show, right? There's different segments and like who put the put the stamp on that one and said, yes, we're going to open with this. You know, I, I can't remember now. I know George Lucas, uh, he wasn't supposed to, I don't think he was supposed to have much to do with it and he got more and more involved. Who wrote <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special? I know he's done everything in his power to try and erase it. Yeah. But uh, what is that? The Streisand effect or something like the harder you try to get rid of something on the internet, just the more people want to talk about it and hang on to it. Right. It's better to just ignore it. I wonder if it's even on IMDb. Those ratings were funny. They were either five star or one star. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Oh, trivia. I don't want trivia. I just want the Star Wars holiday special. Here we go. All right, cast. Yeah, we got Mark Hamill, uh, which reminds me of Mark Hamill's tweet a couple of weeks ago after the first presidential debate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what did he say? That's the worst thing I've ever seen on TV, and I was in the holiday special. Yeah. Something along <laughs> those lines. I didn't actually watch the debate, but yeah, I heard yeah, neither did saying, I. Uh, largely the same sentiment. It was just supposed to have been a disaster. Yeah, that and the uh, the dumb and dumber um <laughs> did you see that the dumb and dumber uh debate like spoof no oh man so it's uh yeah here we go dumb and dumber debate oh <laughs> the mockingbird double stamp that no races cannot triple stamp that no races no, no, make it no, through no. you can't triple stamp a double stamp you can't triple stamp a double stamp lord you can't triple stamp a double stamp lord lord you guys enough and that was America. Enough, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't the mockingbird scene, but yeah, just as funny. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess is basically what it amounted to. Man, all right, trying to get back to IMDb here. Here we go. IMDb. Man, full cast storyline. Who wrote this thing? Plot. Don't they have a separate link for crew or normally? Okay, here we go. Okay. Rob Warren, Bruce Valanche, Pat Proft, Leonard Rips, and Mitzi Welt. Mitzi. <laughs> Mitzi. For our listeners who don't know, that's uh it's Josh Timkew's uh It's my nickname. AKA. That's my alias. Yeah. Wow. Mitzi Welch of the Carol Burnett show, the Barbara Streisand <laughs> and other musical instruments. Oh, there you go. Well, Hey, no wonder it had the Barbara Streisand effect. There uh, you go. Yeah. It's all yeah. coming together full circle. Yeah, it's like poetry. Uh, yeah. George Lucas characters. Okay. Directed by Steve Binder and David Acomba. Who are, do, do any of these names jump out at you? No, no. I mean, they probably didn't do anything after that. This I recognize this guy. Oh, what is it? Oh man, you don't mess with the Zohan. 
Um, he's a writer. He wrote the Academy okay. Awards. Yeah, he does all kinds of Academy Awards. Man, yeah, he writes all the Academy Awards. So he just writes TV specials and the cheat documentaries. Show. He look. I've seen him in person. No, I've seen. I I like. I know he's like in Hollywood. I recognize the guy yeah. from just stuff. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, he looks better with a beard. <laughs> Maybe it's just his haircut in that picture. It's like a mix between like Chris Farley and Lord Farquaad. <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> so yeah, the Star Wars Holiday Special uh, commentary coming soon, like you said, because we have another Star Wars Holiday Special on the way. So we got to gear up for that come I believe it's coming out Life Day, November 17th. Yep. yep so we'll have to have right. a Life Day celebration. In other news, all right, this comes to us from Full Circle Cinema. Now, I guess take it with a grain of salt because I have no idea what kind of like um, rep Full Circle Cinema has. Uh, but I've heard it reported on several other uh, sites and podcasts and stuff uh, now tweeting it out and such it says that Disney has plans to use Darth Bane in multiple projects moving Darth forward. Darth Bane. That's the rule of two guy, right? Darth Bane originally so part of the expanded universe. Yes. So he's a long time ago. Yeah. So Darth Bane actually had his inception from George Lucas himself. Um, when he was writing the screenplay for the Phantom Menace and we had that line at the end, you know, only two there are a master and apprentice. Uh, so he came up with the idea and the backstory that at some point there were, you know, thousands of Sith and then Darth Bane was the one who instituted the rule of two. Yes. So, and then there was the Jedi and like, Jedi and Sith uh, War or whatever, the Old Republic comics that dealt heavily with Darth Bane. Um, he ended up getting his own trilogy um, from Drew, Drew Carpishan, um, who actually um, was also the main writer for KOTOR. He's the guy who, who, uh, who birthed Revan. Wow. So he also wrote the whole backstory on Bane. Revan is actually in this uh, Darth Bane trilogy. He's one of the Dark Lords that Bane learns under via um, Holocron. Yeah, Sith Holocrons. Very yeah. interesting. So, yeah, multiple projects. So is that uh, books or yeah, so, comics? Uh, so according to this insider, Daniel Rickman, uh, he has revealed that Disney has plans to use Darth Bane in multiple projects. Um, let's see. According to Rickman's Patreon, Disney hopes to use Darth Bane in several projects. He's also mentioned he could include a solo project. This time period has been mainly unexplored in the Star Wars canon, so this would be a, open up an exciting <laughs> avenue for storytelling. I mean... Well, the new Star Wars canon, I guess. Right. So, would you like to see a Darth Bane appear in a future Star Wars project? Who would you like to see play the live action version of the character? Oh boy. Yeah, so I'm I'm guessing that like they're not gonna make a huge deal out of this. This insider, I doubt, is gonna be like, hey, they're gonna write some more Darth Bane books. <laughs> or they're gonna make some more Darth Bane comics. 
Um, yeah. Darth Bane, probably live action. Darth Bane did get his time to shine in um, Star Wars television via the Clone Wars. Um, so he makes a short appearance in the Clone Wars. Uh, you and I have been going through and doing our Clone Wars, uh, my Clone Wars review, your, your first in your first journey through the Clone Wars. Um, been recording some episode of that. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten far yet, but that's okay. Uh, you know, journey of a thousand inches starts with a single step or whatever they say. Right, right. We're doing in uh doing it in chronological order in Galaxy, so uh so it's a bit of jumping around, but it makes more sense story wise. It's a lot of jumping around. It is a lot of jumping around. <laughs> what was it? The first episode is like Season two, episode 16, then season one, episode 16, then the movie. Then the movie, yep. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he made an appearance in The Clone Wars. Uh, Revan almost made an appearance. Um, They had like the model made up for him and everything. So, but he didn't end up making the final cut. Um, I think because there's been rumors swirling too that Revan's going to make his way back into the Star Wars universe um yeah i hope he does i'm a big uh knights of the old republic video game fan and he's an excellent character uh, without yeah. giving too much of the plot of the video games away just a very very good character very revan interesting. revan is like at times a better executed version of what anakin could have been yeah like i think i i think a lot of revan's storyline um, could have been somewhat like Anakin's storyline, some of what he deals with and stuff, but it's at times better executed in KOTOR. Yes. His, um, what, one of the big um, complaints I get about Anakin Skywalker and his fall to the dark side is um, his motivation seems a little bit uh, flimsy in episode three. And I think the Clone Wars series probably fills in a lot of that but um, oh yes people just think it it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you know it doesn't really make a lot of sense when you look at Revan um so he does fall to the dark side but his motivation makes complete sense um yeah at least initially so yeah I, I totally get what you're saying with uh the parallels between the stories of those two characters yeah I think that I mean, if you, having already seen uh, Clone Wars, yes, you do get a lot more. That's a lot of what, a lot of what Clone Wars does is, and many people have said this, like, as much, like, you may love the prequels already. I already love the prequels, but it has enhanced my love and appreciation. And just like my overall, the, the overall way that I intake and view the prequels now. Yeah, yeah. And and so, yeah, I'm just going off of what I've heard other people say. So I, I obviously haven't seen the Clone Wars yet. So that'll be uh, interesting. I mean, that being said, I do still think, I mean, I think that it's there. Anakin's fall to the dark side. If If you were faced with that, you know, option that, you know, the woman you love, the woman who's uh, carrying your child, uh, you have premonition she's going to die. You've already had premonitions that your mother was going to die, and then it happened, and you showed up 
you know, a day late, essentially. Um, if you had those premonitions, what, I mean, would you have acted differently? I, I don't know. It's hard to say. And then, yeah, come, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes back to, like I said, he was just like, the Jedi were being overly cautious. Some of them never thought that they should have trained Anakin. There was already a lot of resentment there. And so then when you're faced with, okay, these people have treated you like crap for quite a while. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're acting suspicious. Palpatine's just planting all these seeds to make Anakin distrust them even more, you know, and they've already proven that they don't trust Anakin. Uh, then, you know, it's okay. These people who have treated you like crap or your wife and your unborn child, <laughs> you choose. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there are some interesting lines though. Um, so of course, right after Anakin uh, cuts off Mace Windu's hand and Mace Windu's killed, um, Anakin's upset. He says, what have I done? You know, that whole thing. And then, you know, immediately after that, he goes and kills all the younglings and then gets in the fight with Obi-Wan and Mustafar and then says, uh, from my point of view, the Jedi are the ones who are evil. Right. So well, how did the whole organization all of a sudden become evil from his point of view? Like what? what shifted in his point of view? And that might be some of the, the background um, that comes with watching the Clone Wars series, but. Yeah, there's definitely some of that. I actually watched a video. Um, let me see if I can find it. Oh man. I was just trying to search in my history. Yeah, I just watched a video that somebody made uh, a little while ago, and it was all about this. From Anakin's point of view, the Jedi are evil. Yeah. Yeah, Secrets of the Jedi, Servants of Good and Evil. Yeah, I think this was it from uh, Star Wars Theory. And I mean... Go back and watch that sometime. Check out Star Wars Theory. George Lucas reveals why Anakin thought the Jedi are evil point of view. Um, I mean, it actually makes a lot of sense. If you go back and look at, like, they came, they took him away from his mother. Then they didn't allow him to see his mother. And then, you know, because they didn't allow him to see his mother and act on those dreams he was having, you know, dreams pass in time. His mother ends up dying. And basically... <laughs> when he's concerned about the people he loves dying, the only advice that they can give him is like, Oh, well just get over it. <laughs> like, uh, Master Yoda, you know, dreams yeah, relax, dude. And everything. like, Oh, well, you know, rejoice for those that are dying. You know, you should just rejoice for your mother that got, uh, you know, captured, tortured, slowly, you know, died then in your arms. Yeah, rejoice for her transforming into the Force. Miss them, do not. Mourn them, do not. And then they... That's, a, that's pretty brutal advice. Right, and then <laughs> this the only guy who treated him well and treated him like, you know, gave him respect and basically uh, tooted Anakin's horn for him was Palpatine all this time. So... And then when Palpatine's like, look, the Jedi are going to plan to take over, and then they essentially do, you know? Um, 
like Anakin or Mace Windu and Yoda talk about, like the Jedi would have to seize control of the Senate and to a dark place that would take like Palpatine positioned them to do exactly that. So there's a lot to it. And actually a lot of people have said the best Star Wars movie is Star Wars Episode 3 or the best Star Wars story is Star Wars Episode 3. But it's not the actual film. If you read the novelization, I believe it's by Matthew Stover, Star Wars Episode 3, um, it really goes dives deep into Anakin's head. And it talks about like the whole time there's this like, Dra- is like personified as like a dragon like a sleeping dragon and anakin's like furnace of a heart which is like a um iced over uh star collapsed on itself and it's just like waiting to go supernova or something like that but it builds it helps build like every little piece of why anakin is like he may not be showing it he's not spouting off about it all the time but all the little pieces that add up to him turning to the dark side. Um, but in some of that background maybe is not quite fleshed out in the movies and, and is missing because you know, it goes from Anakin being a part of this organization. There's the confrontation with Mace Windu and then just, Oh, the Jedi are evil, <laughs> even though 10 seconds ago I was a Jedi, you know? So, I mean, if you buy into the whole thing, like, the Jedi plan to take over. And then if he says like, Hey, yeah, the Jedi came here to try and forcefully arrest me and kill me. Um, yeah, he's a Sith, but I mean, the trains ran on time, <laughs> you know, that's just like, is a lay person going to care that this guy's a Sith? Yeah. I mean, the layperson wouldn't even know who Sith are. Probably they haven't been around in millennia. Supposedly. According well, to Kieta Mundi. Right. Yeah, they haven't been uh, in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. They haven't been. But yeah, it's uh, I think it's well, well flushed. I think it's just from the video game, but I mean, then again with the video game KOTOR and with the story of Revan, uh, you have more time just in playing that video game than you do in the prequel trilogy to flesh out all of Anakin's character. So they did more, but they did it in a lot more time. That's true. You know? And I mean, essentially like we're talking about, you do that with, uh, you can do that with Star Wars, the Clone Wars, because then you have more time with that and it does flesh out Anakin's character much more. And fleshing out character is what we like to do in star wars (laughs) what most of us fans really enjoy is a good flushing out of character and uh we know that our buddy chad who couldn't join us tonight it's not his favorite thing (laughs) i knew that's where you're going with that Uh, how did i know well uh, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of star wars empire strikes back they're releasing Star Wars Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. So this is 40 stories from the Empire Strikes Back. Have you gotten a chance to listen to or read the A New Hope from a certain point of view? No. It is a fantastic book. Um, what it is, is basically you take the time period that A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back um, happens in, okay? And then it is short stories 
in that time period. So while A New Hope is going on, these short stories are also going on. So like, for instance, in A New Hope, they talk about um, uh, what, what some things I have. There's like some other patrons of the cantina. Wooher has a story. That's where we found out. <laughs> this is where we found out Wooher, his family was killed by droids in the, in the Clone Wars from that book. Because it tells the story of Wooher. It tells the story of uh, R5. Yeah, so, so without uh, <laughs> a new hope from a certain point of view, we would never have known why Wooher didn't want the droids. Why Wooher had that prejudice. Cantina. Yeah, we wouldn't have known. But then there's like a story about uh, Figrin Dan and the modal nodes. Um, it dives into like a story about them. And all the while, this is happening at the same time as a new hope. I'm pretty sure there's one that um, uh, it's Yoda. It's like what Yoda is doing during A New Hope. Uh, there's one from uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so in canon now, while Luke left and left the, uh, the Jawa Sandcrawler and went back to the Lars homestead, Obi-Wan had a meeting with Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon came and spoke to him about the situation oh wow and that's in this book that's in that book um there's one of bail organa and breha in the la their last moments on alderaan oh geez so yeah so they're doing the same thing for star wars was, Empire uh, Strikes Back. <laughs> was Jar Jar there in that uh oh, i don't think now? so unfortunately <laughs> you know what i'm getting at right yeah, so uh, Addy Wan, Star Wars Revisited, he had, and it was even a deleted scene for him. That wasn't even his revisited. It was a deleted scene from this fan edit, uh, Addy Wan. Look him up on Facebook at Addy Wan or Star Wars Revisited. Um, but yeah, he made like a point of view shot, basically. Like it was from <laughs> Bail Organa and Jar Jar standing on <laughs> the planet and it blowing up around them on Alderaan as it got destroyed by the Death Star. Yeah, what a way to go. Pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, that's almost as bad as J.J. Abrams when they're making The Force Awakens. He was joking about having Jar Jar's bone somewhere. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you never know. There'll be some Easter eggs. You know, there might be some Easter eggs from the prequels like Jar Jar's bones. Jeez. But yeah, um, so today... They uh, release all these stories that are going to be going going on in this certain point of view. So we'll fly through them. Tell me, tell me if any of them catch your eye, okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, right hand man, and that is from. It looks like it's from the uh, the point of view of the medical droid. Oh, okay. Yeah, because on Hoth. Yep. Right hand man. Right. Really, you ought to stop getting into so many life-threatening situations. Luke, you are becoming the most frequently returning patient. One day you might return to me beyond repair, and I should not like that. No, his hand gets injured in uh, Return of the Jedi. That's what I was thinking. Or no, it does get cut off in this one, doesn't it? Yeah, so I yeah, think it's yeah. the same droid. They're implying it's the same droid that takes care of him earlier with the Wampa attack that he has a conversation with. Interesting. And then it's that droid at the end on the the medical frigate that he uh <laughs> that sang this to him so yeah so we're gonna get some insight on that 
Yeah, that's a good title, Right Hand Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, then. Let's see. Let me know what's going to be faster. I'll just pull up the Wikipedia page. All right, here's the full list. So we got <laughs> Eyes of the Empire by Kirsten White. Kirsten White. And Maylie, Mela is the character that's being on that. So Mela was a female individual who served the Galactic Empire and had the ability to deploy tens of thousands of probe droids. Okay. okay. So I guess we get a story about the probe droids in the very beginning. Then Hunger. <laughs> the, by the story about the Wampa. About okay. the Wampa. Ion Control. About Torin Far. So he's okay. probably shooting ions at the uh, Star Destroyers to help yep. the Rebels escape, I'm assuming. This is that girl right here. Can you see my screen still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's that girl that's, uh, yeah, she's got a couple lines, I believe. So she's like on the headset controlling some of the computers at Echo Base there. All from her point of view. A good kiss. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Chase Wilsor. Okay. Human male who served the Alliance to restore the Republic. He was stationed at the Alliance headquarters on Hoth, where he ran. Was he the guy that's in the background when uh, Leia and Han are arguing? I don't know. So there's a guy there, you know, she, he's like, I'd just as soon kiss a Wookiee. And he's like, I can arrange that. You can use a good kiss. I'm pretty sure there's a guy that like awkwardly walks by them as they're arguing in the corridor and it must be this chase Wilsor. oh okay i laughed when you read a good kiss because i thought it was gonna be the luke and leia Ooh. thing oh. oh that'd be even better maybe maybe <laughs> yeah maybe maybe he'll walk by uh han and leia arguing and then you know he'll also walk see in that. On the... <laughs> yeah uh, it's just it's on the other side of the ca- it's behind the camera so you can't tell but he walks in sees that is also like oh this is really awkward too for some reason and then leaves chad's gonna love all this i can tell this is gonna be his favorite book (laughs) just a story about the the girl who's shooting the ion cannon (laughs) oh can't wait all right she will keep them warm mira tauntaun oh i knew it yes 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 (laughs) Was the female wow. Tauntaun. Wow. Man. Yeah. So there's two ways of looking at this. Either Chad took the best week to take off. Or the worst week. Or the worst. Yeah, no, this is kind of a fun guessing game. I can't believe I got that one right. All right. So Heroes of the Rebellion, Tim Q. Carwe Selgroth. No idea. Heroes of the Rebellion. Heroes of the Rebellion. Was a female journalist who turned to creating propaganda for the Rebel Alliance. She was present at the Rebel Base, the Rebels Alliance Echo Base in Hoth. All right, so okay. she was a journalist that uh, started creating uh, Rebel propaganda. Uh, this week, we're going to be doing a character highlight, Tim Q, and this is why I asked you. <laughs> Rogue 2, Zev Sineska. I swear I did not know ahead of time that <laughs> we would be addressing him in this uh, 
segment. Yeah, because this a certain point of view. That's what a coincidence. This wow. whole this whole uh, list just dropped today. So it's like, did he must have just seen that? No, no, I've been planning on doing him for a week. At yeah. Least. So Zev Sineska, we're gonna get a story about him, and he is, of course, the Rebel pilot, part of Rogue Squadron, Rogue Two, and he is the the pilot that finds Han and Luke. Yep. Repeat. After. We found them. Yeah, more on him in uh, another segment. Yeah. Then we've got Kendall. And it's about Kendall Ozel. Who? This guy. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, he so was uh, uh, He was an officer. One of the officers what, on a Star Destroyer or was something. He, was he Captain Ozel? Admiral. He was admiral, and then he uh, got executed, and then Piet, I'm pretty sure, became admiral. Yep. Yeah. Oh, see the one uh, he's choking in the background while Darth Vader is addressing Piet. Yeah, where he's and like then he gets the promotion in that conversation. Yeah, because he brought him out of hyperspace too 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 close because he thought that uh, surprise would be better or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's as, what's he say? He's as clumsy as he is, foolish, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to get something from his point of view. Maybe his last thoughts. <laughs> Poor Kendall. So then there's Dak, the, uh, he's a, he was Luke's gunner, right, in the speeder. Yep, yep. He uh, felt like he could take on the whole empire. The whole empire himself. Uh, yeah, Dak, portrayed by John Morton, who uh, Casey and I had the opportunity to meet, talk to, and get our picture taken with at Star Wars Celebration in 2015. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's really he's a really nice guy. Um, yeah, so we'll get some more from from Dak and his last moments, probably. <laughs> oh man, let's see what do we got next here. My computer's hopping around. Uh, Beyond hope. Iman Kref. Iman Kref. Who do we think Iman Kref is? I have no idea. A male soldier. All right. He was, he was at the Battle, of the Battle of Hoth. Maybe he was one of the guys in the trench or something. Right. So we're going to begin a lot from the Battle of Hoth, but that's to be expected. There's a lot of guys there. We got the truce duty with Maximilian Veers, one of the yep. Imperials. Uh, a naturalist on Hoth from the Tauntaun caretaker. <laughs> Interesting. So we have a we have a story from the point of view of the Tauntaun. I wonder what thoughts go through the mind of a Tauntaun. We'll find out. Yeah, and just like in the, and the then first... we have the caretaker. All right. <laughs> yeah, just like in the first point of view book, there are some overlap. So like some stuff's going on in one story, and you're like, oh, okay. And then like that character shows up a person shows up you know fulfilling a role that he started off in his own story or something like that so some overlap there the dragon snake saves r2d2 so that must be the thing that eats r2d2 on dagobah yep homeworld dagobah yeah and then spits him out yep uh years later let's see the dragon snake was a large predatory reptile that dwelled in the muddy waters of the certain planets, including Dagobah and Nalhada. During the Clone Wars, the Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi 
had a run-in with a dragon snake while searching for Zero the Hut on Nalhada. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that was the same creature. supposed to be. There you go. Years later, Luke Skywalker crash-landed on Dagobah where his astromech droid R2-D2 was swallowed and spat out by a hungry dragon snake. There you go. And it's implied that that saved R2-D2. R2-D2. I, I wonder what that title is Interesting. We'll see. Because R2-D2 was like swimming around. He was doing just fine, wasn't he? Yeah. Woo! R2! I didn't know... I didn't know Piet's first name was Firmus. Yeah, for the last time. Firmus Piet. All right. Rendezvous point. Wedge Antilles. Wedge Antilles. Okay. We all know Wedge. The final order from an Imperial Bridge Officer's point of view. Now that's interesting because, you know, the final order is the name of uh, all the, all the, that organization and... Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I wonder if that's there's Ooh, a connection there. There could be. That would be cool. I'd love to get some some tie-ins to the Rise of Skywalker in this. Amara Kell's rules for the Tie Pilot Survival. Tie Pilot Survival, probably. Probably. <laughs> Written by Django Wexler. That's cool. And Amara Kell, guessing she's a Tie Fighter pilot. Yes, yep. indeed. Okay, okay. And then we've got the first lesson. From Yoda's point of view. From Yoda's point of view. Yeah, presumably when Yoda first starts training Luke. Yeah, I mean, we could get Yoda's entire point of view, like him watching Luke crash land, any any uh, conversations he might have had with Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon in the interim. Um, concerning Luke coming, concerning uh, it, it was uh, in the first um, certain point of view book that we learned that Yoda did not want to train Luke. He wanted to train Leia. Oh, yeah. So we could get a continuation of that story. Um, yeah. The next one's pretty interesting. Disturbance from the point of view of Darth Sidious. So we get to jump inside the mind of Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious, <laughs> man of many names, a man who is all the Sith, eventually. Um, that'd be a cool place to get some tie-in, too. Yeah. What if he's got uh, some thoughts of Bruin in his mind? This is around the time that he says that... Uh, he started to sense the the wavering allegiance from Darth Vader, and that's when he started to make his um, final order plans, which would tie into that final sure. order thing. Yeah, yeah, could be could be a connection. Mm. This is no cave, from the point of view. Oh, of the, the the big worm thing. Yeah, the exogorth that uh, almost swallows. Well, I guess it does for a moment. The Millennium yeah. Falcon. That. Yeah, almost re-catches the Millennium Falcon. So they were just like camped out in his esophagus, huh? Yeah. They're just bats down there. And... <laughs> Good thing they didn't fly too much farther. Like, What is this, lava? Oh! No. It's just stomach acid. <laughs> right? All right, Lord Vader, we'll see you now. 
from the point of view of Ray Sloan. Tim Q, you probably don't know who Ray Sloan is. I sure don't. So she is a pretty big player in the expanded universe and new canon. Um, she becomes basically one of the leaders of the Empire after Return of the Jedi. Gotcha. Grand, she becomes Grand Admiral Sloan after that. Uh, she's one of the few Imperials that survive the Battle of Jakku, and she takes the Remnant into the Unknown Regions to form the First Order, basically. Okay. Um, she's got a lot of... Uh, her first appearance in canon was in the uh, novelization or a book that set up the Star Wars Rebels television show. So it's actually a prequel to Star Wars Rebels, explaining how uh, some of the main characters meet. And I think she's a cadet in that book. And then fast forward to after Return of the Jedi, she becomes Grand Admiral. Yeah, she rose all the way up. Yep. Um, and she makes a couple other appearances as well. Vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs> oh, Virgins. Virgins. Virgil. <laughs> Virgil. From Virgil the point of view of the Cave of Evil. Which I'm guessing. That's yeah. the cave Luke goes into. I didn't know it was known as the Cave of Evil. I didn't know that either, but that's the only cave I can think of. Also movie. known as the Dark Side Cave is a large Dark Side Virgins. Virgil? Virgins. Virgil. Virgil Earth. Located underneath the gnarled tree on the swamp planet of Dagobah. Ah, yes. The Cave of Virgil. Yeah. Um, some people were saying that uh, a while ago. Have you ever noticed that there's like pillars? When Luke goes underneath that tree and like climbs down, there's steps and there's like pillars in there. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder what Dagobah artificial overgrown landform. Okay, yeah, landform swamps of a forgotten world. Huh. Maybe we'll the natural entrance opened up into the void of the tree. Yeah, it's not really saying anything about that, but it definitely looked like it was man-made there was something there interesting uh kylo ren later has a vision in one of the comics of inside uh snoke takes him to this cave of evil and in his vision he faces luke skywalker and he kills him wow and then he fa he is uh faced with his mother and father and he can't bring himself to kill them and instead he basically destroys the entire cave and tree with the force oh geez so that's the fate of the tree or the cave of evil the virgil's cave virgil's cave virgil's cave tooth and claw bosk yeah the trandoshan bounty hunter we don't need their scum here stet TK7. Now, TK7, passive-aggressive editor droid. Who assisted Perizine Parappa of the Parappa Cartel in writing a profile on the bounty hunters Forlam and Zuckus. Okay, so it's actually probably about Forlam and Zuckus. <laughs> it could All be right. like a, could be like something that 
is supposed to have been written by TK7, like an right. editorial that he put together um, about the two. That could be interesting. Hmm. So instead of being about the character, it's something that the character wrote. Right, right, about these other characters here. Um, yep. So it looks like we're going through most of the bounty hunters here. We got Wait For It about Boba Fett. There was a Boba Fett story in the first uh, certain point of view book. Interesting. Standard Imperial Procedure. Featuring Ashen, a male individual who served in the Galactic Empire as a garbage worker on the Star Destroyer, he attempted to make a deal with the bounty hunter, Boba Fett. Interesting. See. There could be some crossover uh, those two chapters. Yep, yep. Learned Fake it. What that deal is supposed to be. Till You Make It by Kevin Scott featuring Jackson. Yep, that's what I thought. Jackson. Are you familiar with the character the, of Jackson? The rabbit guy? No. The rabbit guy from the original Star Wars uh, comics. Marvel comics back in the day. So it looks like he's making his way officially back into he's, canon. He's going to be canon. Wow. Uh, he was already back in canon for something. At some point in the Galactic Civil War, Jackson and the pirate uh, Amaza Fox Train were hired by... Okay. So where did he appear at in canon? Uh, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, it'll tell you. Let's see. Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, episode two. Star Wars 1 is a comic, I believe. Yeah, so these are... I wish, are it those would, the, I wish it would say if it was canon or not. I think anything they list here, since you're in the canon page... Oh, he was in Vader Down. Canon. I don't know. Evidently, he was Invader Down, which is a canon comic, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess so. Star Wars Adventures? Okay. Yeah, I think you might be right. Everything listed here must be canon. Yeah, because it's like two separate pages. <laughs> Wookiees, basically. W Wikis. Um, so you have the canon, then you click Legends, and then it's all the old stuff with its own uh, list of sources. Okay. So what does he eat from the point of view of Toro? I wonder if it's Toro Callahan. Nope. Toro was a Deveronian sh uh, chef who worked for the Baron Administrator Lando Calrissian. So what we're going to get a... Vader. He's got to cook for Vader. <laughs> oh, he's got the dinner. Yes, we're fine. Didn't we have a conversation about what... I wonder what they were eating at that dinner and how awkward it must have been. Like, come on in. I was having a conversation with somebody about that a long, like a few months ago. Uh, I don't think it was me. <laughs> well, no matter whoever it was out there, uh, yeah, probably going to get our out. answer. Yeah. I have a feeling this might be one of Chad's favorite stories from the book. <laughs> the Deveronian chef for Lando on Cloud City. He's in requested the chef for Darth Vader. <laughs> interesting yeah i mean prepare some some sort of puree for his uh feeding tube i guess um, i remember the old uh visual dictionary didn't they do a cross section of his helmet and you could see like tubes that he just slurped food in through just right in the helmet yeah and he has a, a, that right. a, a galactic colostomy bag as well <laughs> 
don't remember that, but I do remember there being tubes that he ate through in his helmet. So yeah. he'd just be fighting people and slurping a smoothie at the same time. Yep. <laughs> well, and breathing at the same time. So he yeah. could be <laughs> just <laughs> force choking somebody. How'd you like that picture? I sent a picture to our uh, Talking Sith Facebook group earlier of Vader just wrecking fools in the oh, hallway. Oh, man. That was graphic. That was grim. It was like the... <laughs> I, I think know, my the... response was, geez. <laughs> it's like the rated R or XY or X, what is it? Whatever, 17. Oh, NC-17. NC-17 version of like the Rogue One a hallway scene. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah. yeah. If Star Wars had lots of guts and it's... Vader was like akin to like a Jason or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gory. There's gore. All right, we got Beyond the Clouds, and it's featuring no one. <laughs> Beyond the Clouds is an upcoming short story that will be published. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, tells us nothing. Gotcha. Yep. No time for poetry. Dengar and IG-88. Yeah, so we're back to the bounty hunters. Uh, Bestman Escape featuring an Ugnaught. <laughs> Just any old Ugnaught. I guess so. Now here's an interesting one. Faith in an old friend. Featuring L337. Lando's droid who was downloaded into the Millennium Falcon. Now... I've mentioned this before and it looks like they're tying it in. I was like, what's cool is when I saw solo, I said, what's cool is now when R2D2 is talking to the Falcon, he's talking to L3. Right. And C3P as well. Like when he's like, your computer has the most peculiar dialect or way of speaking, he's talking to L3. So it looks like we're going to get that personification. Interesting. Faith in an old friend. So, because uh, Lando's people were supposed to fix the Falcon, right? I wonder if Lando himself goes in to try to have some kind of conversation. Right. And Lando is back on the Falcon by the end of the movie, too. That's true. And is flying the Falcon, too. So, hmm. Hmm. That should be an interesting one. Do on Batu. So, Batu is uh, the location in the Star Wars galaxy that uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is based off of. Um, and that's featuring Wilro Hood. Tim Carey, you're familiar with who Wilro Hood is? No. He's the guy that makes the running with the ice cream maker famous. So are you, are you aware of the running of the Wilro Hoods? No. So do you recognize this guy, Wilro Hood, from his picture here? I mean, not really. Okay, so um, what he's running with is an ice cream maker. I think, is that from the Wendy 80s. Williams that's blurry in the... I think it is, right yeah. There? yeah. Yeah, so, so this is a screenshot from the this movie. Is from, yeah, from Cloud City when everybody's evacuating. And they're all getting out. He's running around with an ice cream maker. Yeah, so come to so, but that is a what's it called? I think it's called a Comptono. 
in the Star Wars Galaxy. It's an ice cream maker, but in the Star Wars Galaxy, I believe it's called a Comtono, and it is what the uh, Mandalorian is when he's paid with all that Beskar. So it's like a mini safe. That's what they deliver. That's what they give him all that Beskar in. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So they brought that in. That was like an Easter egg that Favreau actually dropped on his Instagram when they were making the Mandalorian. He just showed the Comtono. And we were all like, okay, is Wilro <laughs> Hood going to make an appearance in this? <laughs> but just come to find out, it's a safe. So the running of the Wilro Hoods is at Star Wars Celebration. And it's a group of people. I'm talking like up to 50 people or more sometimes. Okay. Uh, that are all dressed like Wilro Hood with their own Comtono ice cream makers, and they all just run through Star Wars Celebration. Jeez, together like a as yeah, a group. It had to be canceled this year. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, so there we go. We're going to get a little bit from Wilro Hood himself. <laughs> We're going to find out what's in that Comtono after all right. these long years. I've been dying to know dying to especially since i found out it's a safe like what's this guy like before it's like why is this guy taking off with his small household appliance like i'd be like quick everybody get out of here oh my toaster you know just grab my toaster and start running but no now we know it's a safe so what's he got in the safe what's he got in the safe tim q if you had to put money on it what would you say money I had to put money on it. I'd bet that man has money in that safe. Now, do you think he has uh, imperial credits? Maybe some old Republic credits or something more real? Uh, calamari flan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, really, what could he fit in that thing? Um, maybe some sensitive uh, data chips or something. I don't know. Yeah. Hey. Something, the uh, uh, backed up memory to. Uh, Lobot. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's Lobot's head. Lobot's hard drive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Into the clouds. And we got featuring Jalen Siri. Was a female resident of the Cloud City and the daughter of a Taibana gas tycoon. She had a love for fashionable clothing and was inspired by Princess Leia Organa. Okay. So we get uh, somebody else running around in the background of Some, uh, Cloud City, City High Society. Yeah, the witness. The now witness. this has got to be about Han Solo, right? Wasn't he in a movie called The Witness, where, where he went? Oh, I'm pretty sure he was. Let's Who, see, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was just called Witness. Yeah. A 1985 film. You're right. Yeah, he goes to live with the with Amish people in it. <laughs> I kid you not. Kid oh, you not. Okay. It's a good movie. If you've never seen it, check out Witness with Harrison Ford. It is a it's a really good movie, actually. Yeah, I, I, sure haven't, I haven't seen that. Well, maybe it's on Disney Plus, and we can do a uh, crowd viewing. We just found maybe. out that's a thing. And then and then we'll watch Quigley Down Under. Yes. Yes. I don't know what made me think of that movie, but and then Rob Roy, where <laughs> Rob the Roy, first Rob Roy's really good. The first, the first fifteen minutes are a lot like the Star Wars Holiday Special in that you can't understand a word that's being said. Oh yeah, 
you have to put the subtitles like, on. It's they have Scottish. such thick Scottish accents when they're all, what are they like sneaking up on a hill, like to ambush somebody or something. Yeah. And they're all like whispering like some really thick Scottish. And I'm like, I, we were watching it together years ago. And I just was like, I don't know what, what did they just say? I hope it's not an important plot point set up the whole movie. Cause I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's Liam Neeson. So there's a, there's your star Wars tie in. What did people used to do before there were DVDs with subtitles and instances like that? Uh, just not understand what's going on. <laughs> Order, like go to the store because surely they must've had separate videos. You could have just bought with subtitles for like the hearing impaired. Maybe. Would you have just had to like special order or something like a VHS that already had the subtitles on it? I guess so. Huh. Huh. Well, that's something that maybe our parents would know. Seems like it would probably be a common knowledge thing for the generation before us. Yeah. All right. The next one, The Man Who Built Cloud City. All right. Cool. We don't we don't know who that one's about. No. The backup backup plan. <laughs> Featuring Tal. Tal. A female resident of Cloud City. There we go. All right. Right hand man. Oh, we talked about that earlier. Two one B. Yeah, so two one B. Yep, he is the droid that's also on Echo Base. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize it was the same one that put him in the back to tank after the Wampa thing, and then uh, treated him after his hand got cut off. Yeah, two one B was stationed in Echo Base in Hoth and treated Luke Skywalker with back to blah 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 blah. He also treated Skywalker after his hand was amputated in a duel by Darth Vader on Bespin. Yeah, there you go. Same droid. Same exact droid. Who knew? I, I hope it's not him in Return of the Jedi. Torturing <laughs> all those other droids. Or no, he's the one he would be the one getting tortured. Because wasn't it like a two one B esque droid that was the last interpreter? He's on like he's like <laughs> Being pulled apart, yeah, yeah getting quartered. Right. <laughs> oh, a rough couple of years. That, that other droid's getting the hot iron put on his foot, and it screams. <laughs> like, so it's canon. Droids can feel pain. So there's some artificial intelligence. Uh, it's like a type, self type. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, because like C3PO is always concerned about being melted down and sent to the spice mines of Kessel and. Yada yada yada. He so he didn't. He didn't like walking that direction because it was too rocky. Right. <laughs> so maybe it's just like a self, like preservation fear of being injured beyond repair. Yeah. All right, and it's then programmed the, in <laughs> the last one, which also sounds very interesting. The Wills strike back. So the Wills, huge entity in Star Wars. It used to be Star Wars, uh, the journal Luke Skywalker taken from, or the story of Luke Skywalker taken from the journey of the will or the journal of the wills or something like that. Yeah. And it used to be thought that like, so, so the wills are the one that are telling the story of Star Wars. Chirrut and Rogue One and Baze were guardians of the wills. The temple there on uh, that planet was the temple of the wills. Um, so we get something about the wills were a community of beings who notably wrote the journal of the wills, a document that recorded important events in the galaxy, as well as physical reflections 
in the verse in verse there were shamans among them one of whom taught jedi master qui-gon jinn the ability to retain one's consciousness after death required absolute selfishness selflessness (laughs) selfishness (laughs) yeah just the opposite All right, so the moon of Jeddah was home to the force worshiping monastic order called the Guardians of the Will. So yeah, so maybe we get conversation with one of the wills with Yoda or something, or could be, could be hmm. interesting. So we'll have to wait and see. Out of all these forty stories we just went through, Tim Q. Which one stand out? To, which one are you excited? Which one would you be excited to partake in? Oh, I want to know what that Tauntaun's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, it's the big things, you know. What's the Tauntaun thinking? Uh, what, what was the Exegor thinking? What's in that Comtono? <laughs> no, I want to know about the uh, the chef who has to feed Darth Vader. That's... <laughs> Chad's not even going to believe you when you tell him that that's being canonized. Oh, that's what I'm going to tell him next week. Like, uh, Chad, did you hear that? Uh, they're right. They're writing a, a short story about the chef who had to prepare, who was, who was uh, tasked by Lando to prepare a meal for Vader. Awesome. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to, uh, hear what's going on with this cave what's going on with the wills what what uh palpatine was thinking yeah yeah honestly like some of these seem silly but then other ones seem like they could have some pretty serious uh implications i'm I'm interested to see if the the final order story has anything to do with uh the final order of uh you know the rise of skywalker the l3 one should be interesting her point of view um and then, yeah, did we yeah, skip? There is always perhaps. another. Oh yeah, we did go right past that one. Obi Wan Kenobi. There's always another. That sound. Yeah. That, you know. So referring to Leia. Maybe. That boy's our last hope. No, there is another. Maybe we'll. We're gonna finally find out who the other actually is that they're referring to. Possibly. Throughout <laughs> the years, it's been said that you know. Oh man! Like now, people say like. Originally, it was supposed to be Luke's sister, who at that point wasn't Leia yet. It was supposed to be somebody else that would be revealed in like episode seven or eight. Um, then, of course, people, it was made to imply that it was Leia. Uh, people, uh, when the Force Unleashed 2 came out, it was kind of implied it could have been um, Starkiller from the Force Unleashed. Um, yeah. Yeah. People have said since Rebels came out that it could have been some of the characters from Rebels potentially, but they were pretty much yeah, dispersed at that point. But yeah, so we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, I always assumed it just meant Leia, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, lots of lots of chatter on that. But uh yeah, so that's uh that's the news for this week. Um when does that book come out, Tim Q? Did it say in there? Uh, November 10th. Okay. I did say, but I, I don't know. Sounds right. So right around the corner. So we've got a couple things to plan for. We got to uh, save up a couple thousand dollars by our sale bar, Java sale barge on eBay. Uh, 
put down our money for the Razor Crest, get our uh, get our Razor Crest locked in, do our fan casting for Darth Bane. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know who the head contender is for Darth Bane. The actor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's try to figure this out. So, what does he look like? Uh, you said he appears in uh, Rebels, or yeah. So Darth. Something. Bane, this is how he appears in Rebels with like armor on. Okay, he has a mask. Yeah, yep. so that's not helpful. This basically, these pictures here are how Darth Bane is is explained and like to to look. He's like a hulking bald guy. Hulking He's supposed to be guy. like a huge, like a tall, really muscular bald guy. <laughs> Either Ron Perlman or Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. <laughs> One of those uh, pictures reminded me of uh, who's the big purple guy? Thanos. Yeah, one of those pictures reminded me of Thanos. That's the only reason I said that. Batista. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so Batista has been uh, fan cast for a while as Darth yeah, okay. Bane. Okay. Um, actually, in the that. Dune trailer that just came out. He looks. Dave Bautista's in Dune. Yeah. So basically, people were saying, like, just give him a lightsaber. There you go. He's all pale like Bane's supposed to be. Hulking. He's got armor. All he needs is a lightsaber. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's the big fan casting. Um, I don't know, though. Uh, once I heard Batista, I've been kind of locked into that. I can't really unmarry myself from that idea now. I'm sure somebody else could come in and do just as great of a job, you know. The Rock. The Rock. Oh man. I've been wanting <laughs> Talk to about muscular bald guys. I've been wanting to The Rock needs to get into Star Wars. Somehow, like, somewhere. Somehow, yeah. some way. Um they need to make it happen. Just just give give Dwayne the rock Johnson a role in star Wars. Um, but yeah, that's been our news for the week. Tim Q, where can the good people, uh, follow you for, for more news? I am on Twitter at Joshua Tim Q. Right. J O S H U A T Y M K E W. All right. And you're on Reddit as well, right? Representing, uh, Talking yeah, Sith. I haven't been very active yet, but uh, I think I'm talking Sith TQ. There you go. All right, and I'm Josh Roach. We are the Talking Sith. You can follow us across all social media platforms at Talking Sith Podcast. You can also send us your thoughts and anything Star Wars related. You got any questions? Anything you'd like us to cover, you can contact us at TalkingSithPod at gmail.com. All right, Tim Q, and until next time, may that dark side be with you. Always. Good. <laughs> Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property, we just like to talk about it.